1: They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: Oh, Maras, how's it going? Welcome back to the Blue Army podcast. This is episode 43, our Cumbrian Derby review. And there is nobody else in the world i could possibly think of who's more qualified to talk about the cumbrian derby with me on this podcast other than my favorite co-host the one the only wills say hello
2: wills hello skelly hello hello
1: hello Hello.
2: i've I've actually seen you recently man i've actually seen you we've been hanging out all weekend yeah, is it the first time we've seen each other since you started having? Well, since you started doing the podcast, I think so, mate. I think so. Like, I really do. I don't think I've been yeah. back
0: to Carla since time, I started doing like, the
2: podcast. Yeah, there was that time last year, but I think that was before you before you started doing the podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was like two weeks beforehand. Yeah, I think it was like was something it? like that. We're coming up to our one-year anniversary and I've got a couple of teasers for people about our one-year anniversary. Uh, a little bit later on, I'll let people know about those teasers. But, mate, as we always do here on the Blue Army Podcast, we like to start things off with good, positive <laughs> vibes. And that means one thing. It's time for the Blue Army podcast. Joke of the week.
2: <laughs> is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to.
0: <laughs> it's the, the blueberry caps the cherry. I'm gonna get sound effects, mate. I'm gonna get bigger at this. It's gonna get bigger. It's gonna get bigger. Right, mate. I'm keeping a football-related joke this week. I hope you enjoy this one. Question for you: What is Black and white, and black and white, and black and
2: white, and black and white. I don't know what is black and white, and black and white, and black and white, and black and white. A Newcastle United fan rolling down a hill. Uh, (laughs) Oh, a Sunderland fan pushing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Possibly, possibly, I wouldn't be surprised, but there we go, mate. The Blue Army podcast joke of the week and since we've got that one out the way let's do the rundown so you because you don't know what's going on on today's show either you haven't seen my notes have you Mm -hmm. you don't know what's going on and neither do the listeners Let's do the rundown for this week. We'll be ranking our top three chance from the Cumbrian Derby, just because it's a bit of banter, a bit of fun, really. There will be yeah. a restricted language warning just before that, though, just so everybody is aware. Then that'll be followed by the match crack, as myself and Wills will tell our memories of the weekend's action. And after that, I'll be taking a look at some of your comments and having a read of that. Because I've asked you guys once again your views on this weekend's game. So we'll flick through those. And after that, mate, we'll have a look ahead to Carlisle United's weekend fixture. The next one that's coming up against Exeter City. So, yeah, we've got all that to look forward to this week on the podcast. And to ease people in, mate, we normally have a little bit of Premier League crack. But to be fair, I feel like that gets out of hand some weeks. So we end up spending a bit too much time talking Premier League. But we'll warm up this week by looking at England's result against Albania. Uh, tonight, at the time of recording, England are playing uh, San Marino. Is that, is that how you say it? San Marino? England are playing... Yeah, who... yeah, yeah. yeah. Have not kicked off the, yet? They, I'm not sure if... No, they've not kicked off yet. But there are... The squad has been announced and there are some debutantes within the England lineup. up uh, San Fishburne. <laughs> he, deserve, <laughs> he deserves a bloody 90 minutes at least. He deserves to start a game. He deserves to start a game. We'll get on to that a little bit later on. He deserves the bloody start a game. Um, but no, we've got Ramsdale, uh, the Arsenal goalkeeper, and his Arsenal counterpart, not counterpart, but friend, I guess, Smith Rowe, who we were talking about last weekend on the podcast. Yeah, we kind of predicted that start this. a game. Yeah, um, it's nice to see him in the squad. Uh that, Yeah, mate, I'm buzzing for it. It's San Marino at the end of the day, but mm. it's nice to see when things get shaken up a little bit. 5-0 against Albania, Harry Kane hat-trick. You don't want to say it's to be expected, but it kind of is at Wembley. Mm. Um, And yeah, good times yeah. for England so far this week. And going yeah. into the World Cup, mate, here's my little question for you that I'm building to. Going into the World Cup with such... Good strikers in form at the moment and other strikers yet to come into form, like your Danny Ng types. Um, you know, you've got that Connor Gallagher there on the bench as well playing tonight. We're looking not necessarily strong, but with
2: lots of selection and possibility going into the World Cup, eh? Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we've had this kind of um, good, good crop of young players coming through for a while and um and gareth southgate has kind of been the manager to put a bit of faith in the youth so yeah you know i mean you know we've not had too many major players retire over the last years just just Vardy, I think really um but other than that all you know all the players that you'd you know that you'd want to do well are are, are young enough that we knew that they were going to be you know um Ready or of the right age to go to the World Cup? Are you wills. Do you like? Do you like Lascelles
0: over at Newcastle? I quite like Lascelles over at Newcastle. I think he could, you know, because we are supposed to be building towards future World Cups, etc. Yeah, like Tyro Mings are maybe getting on a little bit in years. Yeah, and we should. I think we should be looking towards Lascelles as, as a as a possible England future captain as well. He he has been captain in Newcastle on occasions.
2: Yeah, well, that's it. It's good to kind of give. It's good to kind of give time in the England squad to players who show those leadership qualities so that you know it, you know so that we can kind of like groom them into future England captains. And you know, he's definitely, I think he's been captain of Newcastle for a couple of years now. So he, you know, he's definitely kind of you know got the you know, got some leadership about him. I think
0: he'd be well worth getting in the changing room now and and, and sort of like seeing what his character is going to be like around the squad. When you've got players that are getting on a little bit, like your walkers and your mings, and the good players, I'm not saying they're not good players, but you've got to be looking towards the next World Cup as well. And that defence doesn't necessarily look towards the next. World Cup Um, and it'll be nice to have an option of somebody that is going to be there and then they've got the experience of being around the training camp and that kind of thing. Uh, With that being said though, Jude Bellingham, what what a hell of a talent he's shaping up to be for the England team. I really rate him highly. I'd like to see him in the Premier League but if he was to get squeezed into a Premier League team, Mm. would it be Newcastle with the money that they've got now? I
2: think he's one of the players that their fans have been excitedly suggesting that they're going to buy. Was he was he maybe in the uh, I didn't you know, mentioned the Newcastle fan had put together their squad of who of who they wanted Newcastle to buy second half of the season. And he I've was seen, just I see <laughs> seen, I've seen that
0: Martial and uh, Lingard from Man United as well on that list. I think it's yeah. the same list.
2: Uh, I think the list I saw it was it was more wishful thinking. I think he had Donna Rummer in goal. <laughs> you know it was
0: things like that crazy transfer targets do you ever watch yeah. Sunderland Till I Die
2: no I haven't
0: oh Sunderland I... there's a bit on Sunderland Till I Die when I think I think they've even been relegated into League One at this point I think yeah. and they're looking for a striker uh, mm. I could be wrong there might be a championship but anyway they're looking for a striker and you're paying these scouts good money to go and look for players and come up with lists of possible strikers that can come to your team yeah and <laughs> He sits there, uh, the owner, uh, the guy who's going to have to splash the cash. He sits there with this list in front of him. And the first thing that he says is, why am I seeing Ibrahimovic's name at the bottom of this list? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Well, at least he's
0: realistic about who he's gonna sign. <laughs> yeah, at least he was pretty spot on about it. But mate, it's <laughs> worth watching though. It's worth watching. Yeah. Get on Sunderland till I die. <laughs> uh, let's move on, mate. I think we've warmed up nicely with that little preamble. England crack. We remember we did that England special for our for our summer schedule. That was that was good oh, crack. Yeah listeners should go back and give our summer schedule a bit of a listen plenty of interviews back there if you want to give that a cracker just go back to about episode 36 Mm. i think and that's the first or the last of the summer schedule go backwards
2: from
0: there not so much carlisle doom and gloom no, no, no! Good times during the summer. <laughs> it was uh, perspective transfer targets and uh, yeah. interviews with ex-pros. It was a lot of fun over <laughs> the summer. And uh, over Christmas, we're going to have a little bit of the same. We're going to do a Christmas schedule, but I'll let people know about that a little bit later on. And Wales, me and you were at the game: Carlisle versus Barrow. The one o'clock kickoff really yeah. wasn't worth. One o'clock in, in my opinion, it's it's one of those. There's always going to be trouble, yeah. regardless of how early in the day you're going to make the kickoff. If the game of football is going to be played, trouble's going to come with it. The uh, one o'clock kickoffs, mate. In your opinion, are they worth it ever?
2: Um, I mean, I I, I struggle to see even if there was kind of like a high chance of trouble. If like this was a, this was the old days and both teams had. Big firms of hooligans looking to kick off. I'm, I'm I'm not sure what what switching the kickoff to one o'clock does. Is that supposed to discourage them, or it's supposed to mean less time in the pub? I guess
0: less time to legally drink before a game, so therefore, everyone's yeah. the a little bit easier to control. But I think when you when you give people the one o'clock kickoff, they actually try and force themselves to drink more quicker, and the opposite happens.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, they'll have been. You know, if the are coaches of Barra fans coming up, I'm sure they'll have been drinking on the coach. Um, <laughs> I don't know if they were drinking on the train, the special train that was put on, or if that was kind of, you know, being policed. There was a know. special train? There was a special train, yeah, yeah, because there were no train... When they moved the kick-off to one o'clock, there were no trains that would actually be convenient to get. So they actually put on a special train. Oh, Otherwise... No. Yeah, but I mean that's one of the things you get. You know, you move it to one o'clock, and so I've been hanging around the barrow um, message boards, and and what they were all saying initially was I've just looked at train times, and there's no trains.
0: Well, they left them hanging a bit there then. Well, at least you know I think they, want they the train the things. Yeah, 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 until they
2: reorganize
0: things. Yeah, yeah. But, it, mm. but they at least pointed it out then, and it got dealt with. Yeah. And, and, that, and therefore, they got to the game on time. There was a lot of them there, mate. I think there was 1,600 there, something
2: like that. Yeah, there was, there was almost 1,700. It was like they said that sold 1,700 tickets their full allocation. And obviously, maybe some people didn't turn up and it was just short. Well, do you know
0: what? There was plenty of at the Carlisle game, mate. Plenty of hilarious chants, and now it's time for me and you to rank some of our favourites in our top three chants from the Cumbrian derby. Um, well, have I've you got a couple of them... of them, then, because I can't. I've got... Remember any. I've got a couple of them written down, <laughs> um, and we'll go through them, and then obviously we can we can we can just make mm. our top three for a bit of fun. I'm sure the people yeah. that were at the game will remember these fondly. And uh, Will's, if you do have any that come to mind that you want to contribute, yeah, get them thrown in there, so um, the first one that I've suggested is from the Carlisle fans to the Barrow fans, shall we sing a song for you, shall we sing a song for you they were quiet
2: over there mate. Were quite they... quiet, I mean I was at the Horsham match and the Horsham fans were louder than that, really what's a big statement from Wills <laughs> at Wills no. what's your
0: Twitter handle again Wills <laughs>
2: The Horsham, fans were, the Horsham fans were pretty noisy throughout. Um, but, you know, uh, it's kind of something that you get sometimes with really big away followings is that the, the usual kind of like hardcore away day loud singing group gets diluted a bit because you've got a lot more just kind of like quiet, easygoing, just want to watch the match type of fans.
0: Uh, the um the next one that i've got on the books mate and i'm keeping it clean yeah. to start off with but this is the language warning now yeah um, so there's going to be a little bit of language in the in the very near future so be careful for that but this one's not this one's not swearing right. So are like, who are yeah who are yeah who are yeah who are yeah i like <laughs> who are you mate i like, who- you so like we, know who we, are? we know who they are we're just taking the Mickey. we're just taking the mickey <laughs> <laughs> We know who we are. It's a year, <laughs> it always tells me that one. You like, like a that classic one, one yeah, you? yeah. I like who are you? I like who are you? Do you know why I like who are you? Actually, um, when I used to go to the Carlisle games as a kid, it wasn't always my dad that took me. Sometimes my uncle David took me, and um, yeah. he go, he go, he go like this. He go, who are we? Blue are me. Who are we? Blue are <laughs> And he's like just standing, oh in, the Was just a- standing in the paddock. Just standing in the paddock. Just, trying to make me laugh. He just goes, who are we, Blue Army? So who are you? It's very similar to that, and it just it tickles me. It tickles me. I like that one. Right, easy swear one. Right, okay. What happened during the game, mate? Is that after the uh, before kickoff, Barrow decided they wanted to swap ends and give kickoff to Carlisle. Or however, which way it went, I imagine Barrow mm-hmm. wanted to swap ends so they were kicking out of the sun's direction, so they didn't have I the sun so, yeah. in their eyes quite as much. So it would have been lower in the second half, and less of the pitch would have been dominated yeah. by the sun. Um, so they swapped halves just before the kickoff because they won the toss, and that meant that Paul Farman had to make the long journey from the petrol towards the Warwick end. And as soon as the Warwick realized what was going on, there was a couple of these mates.
2: Boo. A couple, yeah, a couple of
0: people booing. And it started off quite cleanly. Boo, it started off fine. I'm gonna contribute boo to our yeah. chart as well. Cause I like a good pantomime boo.
2: <laughs> I like a good the channel, boo. Number three, the chant of the week is boo. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, it might be, it might make it in, it might make it in. Uh, but we've got boo as well.
0: So next after boo, mate, what we're going to talk about is, um, yeah, so there was a chorus of boos for Dean Farmer, uh, Paul Far. Why do I do that sometimes? Dean Furman, <laughs> Paul Farman, Paul Furman, Paul Furman, Paul Farman, Furman Farman, Furman, Paul Dean. Um, There was a chorus of boos for Paul Farman as he approached the Warwick Road end and the excitement got the better of me if I'm being completely honest and I rose my left hand upon my shoulder (laughs) and I pointed it towards Paul and I said the word wanker, wanker, (laughs) wanker. (laughs) went <laughs> a couple of times and then I looked to my left and there was a young looking lad there and I kind of realized what I was doing and I stopped what I was doing and I'm not saying I started the chant I'm not saying it was me <laughs> that started the chant. I'm not, I'm not saying if, it was but me. if
2: you're listening Paul Farman and you want to know who to blame <laughs> I did as soon as I
0: stopped I realized that I wasn't the only one doing it put it that way <laughs> Like so, yeah. There was a few of those for Paul Farmer. Paul was up for it, mate, wasn't he? The way that he backed into the Warwick when he was taking his goal kicks, he was loving it. He was loving. Yeah,
2: it, he enjoyed that. Yeah, he did. He's he did. Probably, probably relieved that he kept a clean sheet. Although, you know, that was only the first half. Second half, he's down the other end. Maybe he'd have just snuck off. Knock him anywhere near the
0: Carlisle fans if he'd conceded a goal. <laughs> he kind of got away with it in the second. I think there's only one of, them, one of them that he got in the second half when he got it in the neck in the second half a little bit. But that's another chant altogether. And we'll come to that because the next one is another chorus of wanker, 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 wanker. But this time it was directed at Ofran Zanzala and he didn't look like he enjoyed it at all. <laughs> <laughs> and no shitty, and no shitty. But um, so Wanker goes down twice one for Paul, one for offerings and Sala. Yeah. And uh, the last on my list I've got is. Oh, you shit bastard. Ah! Yeah, <laughs> every single time Paul Farman took a goal kick in the first half. When we realised how many times the Warwick did that is how many times you realise Carlisle had a goal kick, uh, Carlisle conceded a goal, giving away a goal rather than getting a corner or hitting the target and yeah. forcing a save. Or so it did. It did kind of underline the fact that Carlisle were getting a little bit wasteful on the day. But mm. nevertheless, at no point did it get any less funny. <laughs> it was brilliant <laughs> they're the ones I remember mate um other than that I remember them uh, in the Warwick end there was a po- the- Liam Denwood said there was a Pope it was a Pope in the Warwick now I think it was it was it was it was, I thought it was pope. Keith dressed up as the Pope yeah I thought it was Keith oh. dressed up as the Pope I thought it was Keith's face on a Pope sort of cardboard cut out uh, did you yeah. see that at all in the in, not, in not the at all no 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 Skip that one. Uh, we'll go past that then. There's no banter there. Um, so <laughs> there, <laughs> there's the crack. Uh, there's the chance for you, mate. So we've got. Shall we sing a song for you? We've got. Who are you? We've got wanker for Paul Farman. We've got wanker for Offen Zanzala. We've got boo, pantomime booze, and we've got you, shit bastard, ah, every time. Paul yeah. Farman took a goal kick. Do you remember anything else, mate? Do you want to contribute another one to the list? No,
2: um, I mean, I think, you know, with what little really happened in the, you know, in the match, that's that's really the only thing I can remember either set of fans saying.
0: Yeah, I think that was fair between the two of us. There was a couple of occasions where Barrow thought they scored because uh, the sun was glaring into yeah. most of their eyes, and that was enjoyable when they started celebrating and we got to go, "Ah, <laughs> sit down, shut up, sit down, shut up, sit down, shut up." So I'll contribute that one as well. Sit down, okay. shut up. It was quite effective. Uh, So we've got a little bit of a list there, mate. At number three, um, I I, I like Boo, actually. now You've already said that. I think that's a start. I think we should get Mm. it. Pantomime Boo is a classic, and I don't think it should be left out of our list. Are we going to say Boo?
2: Yeah, yeah, should just, you know, stick with a classic.
0: Yeah, we'll give Boo to number three. Now, I am going to nominate at number two, mate. I think I'm going to nominate, shall we sing a song for you? I quite like that one. Yeah. Well, you would you, Are you all right with that one at number two? Yeah, yeah, that's good. All number right, two. okay. Well, hit, it's all classics. There was they are, original. They are. No, not at all. But, but, mate, what are you gonna throw in the hat for your number one top of the charts, Cumbrian and Derby chance of the weekend?
2: Um, I, you have to put me on the spot here. I, I nice. can't really, I can't remember anything that we um anything really at all. The the ones that I went through, you don't
0: fancy any of those? Um, Yeah, the ah. Oh, we're going to go at number one with you.
2: At the, end.
0: But they, mate, the, the, the Warwick the Warwick were on it like the it was like yeah. harmonies the way they hit that ah at the end <laughs> it was fantastic but number one for the Cumbrian Derby the best chance of the afternoon which I think probably went down about I don't know I'll check the match stats probably about 15 goal kicks or something <laughs> like that but there was plenty of it happening at Bruton Park this Saturday so number one top of the charts is you shit bastard ah take that Paul Farmer <laughs> you greedy little piggy here we go mate let's move on to the next part of our match crack after i've just got that little dig in there on paul take that um so as we always do mate when we come to do the match crack we like to go through the Carlisle united starting lineup and today is no different so in goal we had howard um obviously and Mella at right back wheeling mcdonald and armor across the defense Guy and Mellish sort of holding down the central midfield. Gibson playing out wide. Clough looked to be playing out wide. He was substituted off early, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. with Young and Abrahams possibly playing up front. But according to the BBC, Young was behind Abrahams. But we don't want to go off the BBC. Now I've actually been to a game, I can understand that. They don't get everything right, especially when it comes to point pointing. Out the lineups Now, mate, Carlisle United started very, very well in this game. Uh, there was a little bit of a mistake at the back from Barrow. Yeah. And within the first minute, Carlisle were on our way up the pitch. Mella managed to pick up the ball on the right-hand side. He went inside, and Tristan Abraham showed some nice vision getting the ball out to Armour, who put the ball into the middle, missed Abraham's head, and the ball sort of fell back to Clough, was missed, went to the edge of the area, and I think... I think it was Callum Guy that struck it from the edge of the area and it fortunately it went wide. It might have been young, but it could have been Guy. Um, it was exciting stuff to start the game, mate. Yeah. The atmosphere on top of that, it was a great start for the Cumbrians, but it just fizzled out a little bit, didn't it, mate? It wasn't that great of a first half for anybody. I'd say we had the best of it, but do you reckon the Derby atmosphere got to
2: some of the players on the day? I don't think it was the atmosphere. I think it was just the quality and form in the two teams. Um, you know, a barrow of, I don't know how many games have gone without a win. They started the season pretty well, but they're like down in the bottom half now. They've kind of had to run a poor form and just kind of continued with that. Um, you know we've we've talked about our problems and especially going forward and uh, and those were on display again um the first half i think barrow probably shaded it like we we had most of the possession throughout um barrow went quite long ball which you know is fair because um zanzala he caused our defenders problems he didn't have his shooting boots on today though not today, um, Saturday though.
0: No, thankfully.
2: Um, yeah. So, but I mean, I think Barrow did have like two really good chances because it seemed that all the really good chances were down the other end from where we were stood, seeing as we were in the Warwick. So, first half, Carlisle shooting towards us. Carlisle didn't really create that much. Yeah, I mean, um, it is
0: one of the reasons I'm not necessarily a traditional Warwick head. Um, yeah. The view of the game does get a bit askew, and when half of the action takes place on the other half of the pitch, but a great atmosphere. I can't argue about that. That was yeah good value for money, that atmosphere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank Christ. Offering Zanzala didn't really have his shooting boots on, on that day. Yeah. He did have a really good opportunity in the first half where he was clean through on goal after a long ball, and that kind of made me worry a little bit about how we were dealing with him at the time but we were talking on the day about potentially what might have been the game plan to help out with uh, defending often Zanzala and it seemed to be that Gibson was falling back into the right back position Mella was drifting in to the centre back position and picking up Zanzala and just leaving Wheeling and McDonald to do their job as defenders so in other words when Barrow were on the attack. Mella would pick up Zanzala and Gibson would fill in at right back. So we've got that extra sort of defender to follow the main... Yeah source of danger and not disturb the other two centre-backs from doing what is the rest of their job during the game so it's a good game plan it's quite effective but it did take Gibson out of the attacking third for most of the game because he didn't really get forward as much did he we noticed that a bit
2: yeah I mean you know you could say that Gibson had a fairly poor game by his standards but you know that would maybe be a bit unfair because he wasn't being you know he wasn't getting to do the amount of attacking that he normally gets to do um you know and he's you know he is him not a wing back so he he chased back he did his you know he did his shift back there but um uh you know barrow was still able to fashion a fair few chances going down that uh, left hand side their left hand side but, um okay you know um at the end of the day zanzala was kind of kept quiet for portions of the match although he had his two good chances so perhaps you could say that the game plan worked in that respect
0: yeah i feel like it did gibson did very well uh, league two it you know strikers aren't amazing zanzala is going to miss some chances we know that he used to play for us he didn't just get off the mark straight away when he played for us he had a lot of criticism in his early days so we know that his form can be a bit up and down and wasn't necessarily a surprise that he missed it when he missed it I'll be completely honest with you but it was more relief than anything else from from my side of the pitch um now Keith Millen has started to develop a little bit of a pattern in his managerial style and in the way that he likes to swap both of his strikers at the exact same time towards the last 20 minutes of games. And I think that can be quite effective, but only when you have the right combination of strikers that are impact substitutions. And when it came to the second half and Carlisle needed that jab in the arm, it was a good move. To swap both of the attacking players, but they're not the the way around I would have done it. I would have possibly started with, and I'll talk about this a little bit later on. Next week, I want to see Fishburne. And well, I can't see it, can I actually? I just remembered Clough is under um, concussion recovery, isn't he? And he will not be playing against Exeter
2: on the weekend. I think they're the league rules. Now, yeah, I don't think I've, the club's
0: confirmed it, but I think they're the league rules.
2: Yeah, I was saying that because I think um, I just heard on Radio Cumbria back at the start of the season, Zanzala was taken off for Barrow um, under the similar condition. And I'm sure you remember the commentators back then saying that that does now mean that Zanzala can't play for a week, you know, a week, 14 days, something like that, under the concussion rules. Um, so, could move Clough out? Um, as for Keith Millen doing the kind of like double change thing, I don't know if it's maybe not just him still still trying to you know still trying to get either find his best strike partnership or just give chances to as many strikers as he can because he can see that none of them are really taking the chances. You know, um, um we haven't scored a goal. Oh no, sorry, we haven't scored a goal in the league since Keith Millen came in. Uh, we've scored goals against lower league opposition, or in in Morecambe's case, um, in a cup that uh, presumably Morcom are playing their first team. So um, yeah, so he's he's, he's kind of yet to see any of those strikers that he's got at his disposal really make a strong claim for why they can be the goal scorer in the team. Yeah. So I understand, maybe yeah, maybe because we
0: watch Carlisle a little bit more than Keith has watched Carlisle, and like I've kind of got a strong opinion on who my top two strikers would be, and the only way yeah. to get them scoring goals is to give them games, and he seems to be doing that with Young. He, he's looking at Young like he probably is his goal scorer, yeah. and uh, he's going to be the one that can burst through defense and finishes, and he's going to stick with him possibly. Abraham's. More than recently, especially when Beach was at the club, looked to have started to get faded out slightly, but has been rejuvenated in the sense that he's being played again under Keith Millen. Incredibly frustrating player to watch. One second, he's great. The next second, he gives the ball away. One second, it's a fantastic touch. The next minute, he doesn't get his head up in time and he gets tackled. Really frustrating player to watch. And uh, for a lad his size, you'd expect him to be better in the air from set pieces and 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 just crosses in general, but doesn't necessarily seem to follow the run of play very well. Doesn't necessarily seem to be able to read the game exceptionally well and just be at the right place at the right time when the balls are coming in. Unfortunately,
2: yeah, yeah he's, he's he's got the physical, you know, the physical shape of a centre forward. And he does seem to kind of work hard, chase his things, um, you know, gets involved. But like, you know, like you say, he just doesn't have that quite, you know, that footballing brain that is essential to have if you want to score goals. You need to be in the right place at the right time.
0: That's exactly it, Wills. That's exactly it. Right place at the right time, and that doesn't seem to be anything that any of the Carlisle United strikers can really pull off at the moment yeah. and when you're swapping strikers for the last 20 minutes of games you do promote the concept of long ball football because you're trying to get the fit legs to run past the tired legs of the defenders and when you're bringing on somebody like Fishburn, I don't think that's the way that you're going to get the best out of him possibly Alessandra likes to play with the long balls going over the top but... Alessandra is 31, 30, nearly 32 now and and, and not necessarily going to beat every single wing back in the league when it comes to a ball over the top, even if they've played 70 minutes of football. But McDonald managed to crack the bar from quite close Meh. in around the 86th minute of the game, which excited the Carlisle fans for the last dying minutes of the game. But unfortunately we couldn't stir the team towards victory. There wasn't much more to report after that. I'm not going to complain about this result, mate. Nil-nil. It's not a loss. It's another clean sheet. It's building yeah. in the right direction. There's loads of games left and we're showing good progress, nice and early under new management, in my opinion, anyway. Um Barrow are the sort of team that if you play badly against, you will lose. And because we played pretty well and had a solid defensive line, we played uh, ourselves into a draw and I'll accept that result. Uh, My man of the match will probably go to the man that cracked the crossbar, somebody that I put out there on social media as well for being my man of the match. I'm going to give it to old Rod McDonald and that's his first man of the match of the season Rod McDonald I think had a solid game very strong in the air throughout beat Zanzala a number of times in the air and proved himself to be pretty competent on the day which is something that we don't necessarily get from him on all the occasions so yeah for me he was the solid out of all the defenders and so I'm going to give him my man of the match Wills who are you going to give your man of the match to?
2: Yeah, and I, I agree with you. And I think we both mentioned this as we were leaving the stadium as well. We were discussing one of the matches and um, I said, I, I also said that I thought probably give it to Rod. It's difficult to pick one out. Um, nobody really shone. Um, but nobody had a stinker either. So... Um, i say if Mella had
0: some decent delivery during the game, then I probably would have gave it to Mella. It's just that's something I noticed about him is that his delivery was really off point. Mm. And uh, most of them weren't even getting off the ground and getting into the box. Most of them were yeah. getting blocked or they were just like, I don't know, front post crosses. But they weren't the sort of crosses that you would normally expect. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. From an experienced wing back. But yeah, so my man of the match and your man of the match both go towards Rod McDonalds, and they'll get added to the big old tally that seems to just be building and building each week, the list of Carlisle players who have man of the matches, plenty of people in contention, only a third of the way through the Thievens. So mates, I had a good time. I really had a good time at the Cumbrian Derby. Like I said, I'm not going to yeah. complain too much about the result, but I did ask some of the listeners what they thought about the game and George Hunt was the first man to comment and started a little bit of a back and forth with a man called David McNay. So George Hunt said predictable, really? Yes. Sorry, I'll I'll probably put it into context. I'll say what I said first. I said, well, nil, nil. McDonald was my man of the match. Best game he's had all season. What are your thoughts on the results? And George Hunt said predictable, really? Yes, McDonald played well, but it's becoming increasingly alarming like if we concede a goal, we'll get beaten as we can't score. And to be fair, David McNay has said absolutely 100% agree. And if you drop two points every game, relegation is inevitable. Bit of glooming, doom and gloom from those fellas. Maybe, maybe just a bit, a bit too much, um, a bit too early in the season. It's true. They're not saying anything yeah. that isn't true. They are saying things that are true. But you've got to have a pretty I don't know, negative outset on the rest of the season, if that's where your
2: head's at now. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I guess the thing is, you know, we've we've brought in, you know, a new manager and, you know, he's got a lot of work to do. You know, with I mean, the reason Chris Beach was sacked was because we were in a position where if we keep on like this, um, we're going to be in a relegation battle, if not, if not relegated. So, um, you know, Keith Millen, just his second league game. So, you know, it's still really early on in, you know, in in, in his managerial spell with Carlisle. Well, to be Uh, fair
0: to George, George did go on to say on a positive, Keith Millen has got them passing and moving better and the players looked comfortable with it. A win in the league would do wonders for confidence now. And, yeah, I think that we picked up on that a little bit, didn't we? We were like, it's good that they're not just trying to play the long ball and they will sort of pass it around the defence a little bit and do that little bit extra to retain yeah. possession because that's important when it comes to conceding goals, isn't it? If they don't have the ball,
2: they're not going to score a goal. Yeah, and, you know, it's important to say that, you know, if if we can't score goals, then don't concede goals um, because... it. it it might only be one point but at the moment you pick up you know if we're picking up points then it kind of keeps us from becoming adrift at the foot of the table if we were losing loads of games then other teams like Scunthorpe and olden would gain on us so just, just you know um become become tough to score against and then try and fix the goal scoring problem presumably i mean It'd be nice if we didn't have to wait until the transfer window. It'd be nice if um, if um, Millen could get a tune out of the strikers we've got. Um, I think you say about Fishburner, Your belief is that he just needs a run of games and he should come good. Um, Millen, maybe he will give him a run of games. I mean, I he's, think he's a little he's bit resilient, resilient because him. he
0: likes young. He likes yeah. Brad Young. I, I feel like he's a little bit resilient
2: playing two young strikers at the same time i think so yeah and i think the other thing as well is he maybe is 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 coming he he knows from looking at how you know uh, um how he's played before that tristan abrahams has things missing from his game but you know maybe he's still kind of i mean let's say like i like to say it's it's only it's still only a second game and you know, I know like we say it's early in his in his time, but like it is really early. I know he's had those two non-league, you know, not league games, but um he's, he still doesn't really know the squad. He, he 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 knows we can't score, and he's he's still kind of looking to see is there anyone amongst the players that we've got who who can score? Um you know, so he's is is he's taken a look at Sam Fishburn. Um maybe, you know, maybe Sam Fishburn will be given a starting time if someone else doesn't start scoring, but also maybe he's kind of because he's like a less experienced one, he's you know, Keith Millen hasn't put him at the top of his list of strikers who he thinks are going to. Are going to start and get goals. You know, he's kind of like someone who will see, we'll see if he gets goals. But um he is giving him some minutes,
0: but I just don't think coming off the bench, that's Sam's Fishburne's most effective attribute. And also yeah. he needs to he just needs to be able to embed himself into a game, not be trying to run off the of off the off the last defender, which he can do, but if that's the only thing that he gets to do, that's that's not. It's not yeah. going to get the best out of him. It's not going to get the best out of the team. It's not going to be the best football that you've ever no,
2: watched. I suppose you to see um, maybe you know maybe a start for Sam Fitchburn's still on Keith, uh, Keith Millen's to do list. You know maybe it's was kind of like first things first. You know he's got. Abraham's has the look of a striker about him. Alessandra's experienced. So first things first, are they going to score goals? um, Have you you had a look to see how Jimmy Tiara has been getting on? Um, He didn't score in one game. I don't know how many he's played since. Um, He wasn't in the squad in a game that they had that I just looked at. Is that Um, an end-of-season loan? No, I think it's just um, rolling because it's non-league. I think it's just like an old-fashioned loan where we can just recall him at any time.
0: I'd like to see Jimmy Tiore and Fishburn up front together. I think that'd be quite an exciting pair to throw up front together. Two very different strikers that might just be the combination that we need.
2: Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to you know, interesting to know if Keith Millen's had a little look at Ture. Um, you know, if the he's kind of crossed his mind at all. Yeah, but you know, when you're the new manager, you you know, you come in and and, and you know that a player's out on loan you want uh you know you want to maybe have a look at him because because you want to see is is the reason he wasn't scoring and the reason that he's gone out on loan is that all the previous managers doing um you know was he just not being used right all that kind of stuff i think i feel like he might want to look at him but again you know maybe it's just a to-do lists he is is basically named. He hasn't even really named two league starting lineups because he 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 kind of admitted for his first game that he'd only just come to the club. He hadn't even had chance to speak to the players yet, so he probably wasn't going to change the squad from what for, you know from what Skelton was already planning on. Yeah, that was in like the Northampton game. So arguably arguably um the Barrow game that was Keith Millen's first time naming a Carlisle squad in a league match so he's, he's maybe got like something of a other of a to-do list to, to like see um if the likes of um Abrahams or Young uh don't you know don't look like scoring and he's tried Alessandra it, you know if he gives Fishburne a try but that'll be like a little bit lower down because just because you probably try the experienced players first. Um, And, you know, something else on that is maybe to kind of like have a look at Jimmy Touré. I thought it was
0: mentioning the old forgotten Frenchman. Yeah, yeah. What were you going to say,
2: sorry? You know, I mean, the other thing as well is kind of, is he looking, you know, is he looking at the free transfer market? Because I said, I, I said briefly, you know, I don't, I don't really want us to be waiting until January before we can maybe start scoring goals and every game, you know, every game between now and then is just trying, trying to get a nil-nil. It'll be a so, long
0: seven weeks.
2: Yeah, yeah. So um if it comes, you know, if it comes to it, it gives Fishburn a chance. Maybe we'll see you, you know, maybe Fishburn will take that chance. Maybe it'll take him a while to bed in to. Kind of professional football. Um, maybe he'll recall Touré before that seven weeks is up, and maybe give Touré a go. Um, you've got to think he's maybe looking at the free transfer market as well. See, see who's out there.
0: Exciting possibilities on the free transfer market, but that is going to be saved for a Christmas special episode mm. just before January, which is on. The card, so we won't leak anything just now, because I haven't done any research yet, to be honest. (laughs) After the game, mate, I went to go and meet Liam Denwood from Blue Army TV, and we were right next to the reception for Brunton Park, the main ticket office. And as we were taking a quick little snap for our social medias together... Carlisle United captain Callum Guy strolled out of the reception area, and made his way towards the Viceroy, signed a couple of matchday programmes for a number of young Cumbrian fans and also signed one for Liam Denwood gave a little glance at me as if he remembered that I asked him for an interview at pre-season at Chorley and he palmed me off. He probably, <laughs> I'm just, Maybe I'm reading too much into the glance. Um, but what I did notice after the glance is that there wasn't a speck of mud on that man. So <laughs> I put it to you, Wills, there is two possibilities of what happened. And I'll be honest with you, during the game, I spent around a 10-minute period watching just Callum Guy, not what was going on around him, just Callum Guy. And in that 10-minute period, I did notice that not once did he go to ground, any kind of sliding tackle or anything along those lines, and not once did he allow a defender to get close enough to him to make a physical challenge whilst he was On the ball and also not once did he seem to bust a gut when it came to either tracking back or running forward. He seemed very, very, very relaxed and very, very, very comfortable, which is the definition of a player that plays well on a winning team, but not the sort of leader that you need in an aggressive Bulldog relegation fight. I put it to you, Wills, Yeah. that the only other explanation for the fact that there wasn't a speck of dirt on Callum Guy's kit is that he changed the kit just before the photo opportunity at the Viceroy. But like I said, I did my 10 minutes of watching the man.
2: Yeah. I mean, do players get that dirty anymore? why wouldn't do they, they? Do they ever see? i don't know i don't know do you ever see a player come off the pitch covered in mud now or well, is it just like what for them <laughs> are the quality of the pitch is just that good now that they don't get all muddied up or is like even at this level the style of play you don't tend to see kind of the pitch being kicked up and but because i mean it did go you know he, he, he did go down on the ground <laughs> a, a fair few times mostly injured not you know not in tackles but he didn't get any you know didn't get any mud on him there the pitch was like a billion a billion billi- table so i don't know well, i mean maybe, the being old-fashioned yeah
0: maybe i'm know. being old-fashioned
2: i mean the other thing is rallies um i i i i don't know yet is is the way to avoid relegation to uh, to dig in and battle or are we gonna try and play our way out of trouble?
0: Did, would you Have say you had...
2: that
0: would you say that at any moment during that game that Callum Guy played us out of any kind of trouble?
2: It's I've, I mean it's still only the second game of Keith Millen's time. I'm just saying like, is that like something that you would argue signifies for that, um, that um, we or the Callum Guy, doesn't have the fighting in him for a relegation battle. We I mean, kind of like assuming that a relegation battle involves playing ugly agricultural football, thumping it, getting stuck in, and just all the that's just league two football, though, mate. Yeah, but is it is it like that necessarily anymore? And is that is 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 that actually the way to avoid relegation? Who um, I mean, who went down last season? And who was in the battle? Um, yeah, Southend <laughs> went down, and Grimsby. The teams that survived. Yeah, sort of asking questions on the you know asking questions on the fly, and then suddenly it's like, oh, <laughs> need to. I mean, I'm just, I'm just kind of thinking like, oh, all I'm asking really is kind of like, is it always the case that in a relegation battle, the team that gets more stuck in is a team that survives? Or is it maybe that even down at the bottom of League 2, playing good football and being composed on the ball and passing it? Well, yeah, because they they had some great passes. (laughs) I know, but you're saying that... The fact that he didn't have any mud on him is a sign that he's not the kind of player for a relegation battle. I'm not, I'm not just. I'm not just prevalent. saying the
0: fact. I'm not just saying yeah. the fact
2: that he didn't have any mud. On,
0: this is going to turn into the whole fucking farming situation. <laughs> I'm not just <laughs> saying the fact that he didn't have mud on him is the only reason that he should possibly be in job. It's the same no, as no, last. It's very similar his... to last season. With Nick Anderson. The same as yeah. Nick Anderton last season. He just gave yeah. up. He just gave up. He didn't have it in him. He doesn't have it in him. And Anderton just gave up. He'd let players walk through him he wouldn't put a foot in for a tackle he didn't want to pick up any cards it's almost as if someone had a conversation with him and says ah we're going to take you at the end of last season now that's not going to happen to Callum Guy because he's just signed a new two-year contract so therefore he's kind of stuck with us and we're kind of stuck with him no one's going to buy him not for what he's been doing recently look at his stats like there's nothing impressive about his stats this season there really isn't and then when you add to that the fact that he's not doing set pieces anymore, yeah. and every time he's on the ball, ninety-five percent of the time he's just kicking it long, and he's supposed to be the bloody leader of the team, and he's not looking for a decent pass, and he's not playing it smart, I just, I'm just very disappointed in him, mate. I'm just very disappointed in him as a captain. He's,
2: yeah, yeah, he's had a poor season. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that he hasn't had a poor season. I'm just saying like is the thing that he needs to be in order to have a good season with us where we are now more aggressive and more combative and more more getting stuck in you know is that how you avoid relegation i think so <laughs> i think
0: that's i think that's how you do well in league
2: two. i think that's yeah. how you do well in league 2 i
0: think you need to yeah. be i think that's how you do well in football is that you need to be aggressive and you need yeah. to be assertive and you need to d- d- impose yourself on other players and you need to be yeah. physically imposing and physically dominating as well as mentally and have the did reputation get, that comes with you. What's that?
2: I was say, did Jabba ever get mud on him, though? I mean, because he was that kind of player, but... Jabba was a got, Yeah, it didn't necessarily get mud on him. No, but... mainly mainly, mainly because he
0: was feeding off scraps that was jabbo jabbo was always feeding off scraps he was just like getting on to the end of balls he should be cleaner every time jabbo had the ball he was clean of the defense yeah 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 he didn't have a defender around him every time he was on the ball so no he wouldn't get it but if you're in the middle of the park and you're in the middle of the midfield in this division and you're playing in that position And you're not making the tackles or you're not closing down fast enough and you're not doing decisive pass. I don't know why every time he has to play a long ball as well. Like sometimes you can just, it's almost as if he feels like he needs to be the one that unlocks the chest. You know, he needs to be the one that sets the attack off. And it's like, no, just do what the rest of the team are doing and
2: just knock it around the back for a little bit and stop trying to press the issue every time you're on the ball, mate. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily want him to... Uh, I haven't analysed him to the extent that you have, so I'm not... Yeah. So, I don't know, I mean, like, if I'd necessarily want him to change his attitude to not wanting to unlock defences.
0: No, but no, I'm
2: not saying that. I'm just saying
0: pick and choose your moments. Go for the obviously yeah. better moments, you know? It just seems to be like, oh, there's there's half a chance over there. I'll hit it long okay wait for the opportunity but at the same time the squad that you've put around him it doesn't lend itself to his title player mellis is yeah. on he's on his own when he's got the ball he's on his own everyone else is 30 yards up the pitch away from him when he gets the ball
2: yeah
0: mellis bombs so, on the other the other three are pretty much wingers and strikers and then you've got strikers up front so yeah it's it's a difficult job i yeah, I've gone to town on him a little bit. I've gone to town on him a little bit there. I don't normally get that animated yeah. around players. I, I suppose I get in someone's ear about once once a yeah. season that seems to be the trend. But yeah, no, it's it's not it's not good enough for me, mate. The yeah. the, the golfing quality from last season to this season and the fact that he's been made a captain puts him on that kind of extra watched pedestal. It means that you've got to yeah. judge him that little bit more, and it means that everyone else around him is gonna be influenced by the captain and the way that he carries himself on the pitch. Because if he's not going to lift other people, then who else is supposed to do it? You know, like if if he,
2: if he can't be arsed, then we're fucked. Is um, Devine, do you think he'll get another chance um, after playing wow. well? Yeah, played well I've, against Morecambe. And... I heard, I did hear he played
0: well against Morecambe. Yeah. Now, Devine is another player that doesn't necessarily have a position... On the pitch, that is his best position on the pitch. He can play outright, plays at centre back, he can play in that holding midfield role. And I think that's what you're kind of hinting at, maybe, is as, as, as a swap out for Callum Guy in that holding midfield role. And I wouldn't be opposed to it.
2: A swap out for either guy or Melish, to be honest. I think uh, that's a good shout,
0: actually, on third mean, on the flexion.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like that's you, a good you know, option. Pointed out that um when you know one of the problems with Callum Guy getting the ball is everyone then bombs on waiting for the pass. So um, what you know one of the things that uh, divine the um, divine was being praised for was just being controlled on the ball and keeping possession and using it. So like if you put divine and Melish, then does Melish just bomb on again like Melish does and then divine starts making the same kind of mistakes that Callum guy's been making or would it be maybe a case of a divine and guy and i mean people say and you know I, we're talking about this morgan game obviously neither of us watched it just going off the commentary and basically, uh, basically what chris Lumson said um they were talking about like a divine and wheel looking like a really good composed midfield pairing but then the other defenders that we've got um particularly yeah, with Denzai and Feeney played against Morecambe and um, Lumsden thought that neither of them looked good enough or ready enough. So therefore real and centre back it was. But I mean maybe Divine and Guy. But um these these are kind of decisions that Keith Millen has to has to make and He's still very early. I, I mean, the reason I keep making the point over and over again about how early we are in the Keith Millen's thing, uh, tenure, is because people will look at it and say, it's two weeks, he's played four games now, we're kind of, you know, into it now. But just because two of those games were cup games, uh, one of them against lower league opposition, and the two league games, one of them was so soon after we came in that he didn't really have a chance to um impose anything on the players so even though he has been in for two weeks and four games it is still almost like he's only just come in and he's only just played his first game so i'm i'm still kind of like thinking that we could be seeing you know changes to come in the in the formation and you know um let's say i think guys had a really bad season I'm just sort of also saying that um, a a guy who is performing well in a controlled midfield could, you know.
0: No, I think you've made a really good point there with the divine yeah. and, and and guy combination. Perhaps giving guy the option to get out of jail free rather than playing the long ball every time. But yeah. I did say everyone bombs on when he's on the ball. And if he did have someone else a bit closer to him, a bit more around him, he would have that way out of playing the long ball and be able to maybe just have a one-two or do yeah. a triangle with somebody. Or yeah, it would open up the pitch a little bit more. Very good point, mate. Very interesting point. Very I don't wanna, well yeah, Because
2: I Sorry, mean, I don't I I don't want to make it sound like it sometimes came comes across that I was like totally disagreeing with you and sticking up for Callum Guy. I do think he has had a really bad season. He's had very few good matches so far this season. It was just a question of whether the type of player that he is is just the type of player that you don't really want in a relegation battle or whether, you know... If maybe, you change the
0: system, it might yeah, be a bit good yeah.
2: yeah, and, you know, at, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where you are in the league, you kind of want your good players and you want your best players to be at their best. And... You know, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a position in the league that's too low down to consider trying to play more kind of like patient passing, controlling football. Um, and if we've got players who can play that, um, if you know, if, if if we can kind of get the best out of Callum Guy again, even though it's not traditional relegation scrap type football. You know, if that's, you know, if that's just kind of like because the players we've got, because we've got like Zach Clough as well, who's not a relegation battle type player. I don't think Louis is a relegation battle type player. So maybe, you know, maybe kind of like the best sort of chance we have of escaping relegation isn't going to look like a digging in deep kind of gutsy, it's it's still going to take um it's still going to take guts but that's kind of more the guts to kind of come back from defeats because uh, you know the tone has been set obviously we are going to lose plenty more games before the season ends so it's just kind of having the you know having the um the, the morale and composure to kind of go through them
1: but the type yeah. of
2: football that we play could still Could still be. I mean, it looks like he maybe wants to play passing football anyway.
0: I think so, because from what he's been saying in in his conversations with media is that he's been looking for us to keep the ball more often and just not lose it and just keep possession and wait for the opportunities to become available. And with that being said, and with what you've just said, the fact that if we had a more holding midfield, a midfield that wouldn't wander around, a midfield that would give Callum Guy the option to be a good player, uh, again, then yeah. yeah, we could probably get a bit more out of him, and like you said, when you've got good assets, and he has proven himself to be a quite good asset, I don't think yeah. he's proven, I don't think he was, I know his stats look good towards the end of last season, but I think a lot of that was helped by the fact that he was taking all the set pieces, Yeah, yeah so his yeah. assists were right through the bloody roof, because he was taking all the set pieces now this season, he's not taking all the set pieces, so that's not going to be the same case so it comes down to the sort of football that he plays for the 90 minutes not the one or two free kicks on and and uh corners that he's going to take those aren't necessarily as important to the team anymore it comes down to the bread and butter of football the way that you pass in transition the way that you receive the ball and the way that you defend and attack um and yeah. so far this season because he's been taken off the set pieces has left him looking a little bit short of what he was last season and it's going to because he's not taken the set pieces anymore but yeah i don't want to go i don't I don't want to keep going round this talent <laughs> guy yeah. um vortex uh, we'll probably reopen it again uh, in the coming weeks or months during the season we managed to get enough out of the old Paul Farman saga last year and it seems like there's going <laughs> yeah, to be
2: another
0: yeah I feel like there's going to be another sort of uh, debate coming through here but yeah we, I think we've we've had enough of Callum Guy at least I've had enough of saying his name today and um, uh, if you're all right we'll drop that there we'll have a little look forward to Exeter. Exeter is the next game for Carlisle United. Exeter are looking quite good in the league. They sit third top as we sit third bottom. They won their last game against Oldham Athletic and have been doing very, very well in the league, mate. They're on the back of, what, four, four wins now out of the last five? And one of the not a surprise team, they were always tipped to do pretty well this season. Um, it's 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 one of those games where I feel like we'll be okay though, because we have looked so solid at the back, and because Exeter I know they do well, but they don't score loads of goals, yeah. they only win like one-nil, two-one, like sort of thing. They score enough goals to win games and get the points, but they don't score loads of goals and they do concede um which gives us that glimmer of hope that we'll score one in the league eventually but i'm not that worried and i also wouldn't be madly upset with another draw on the road as long as we get a victory in the bag next time you know next time around um looking at the fixture list what's next time around (laughs) what's after exeter wills
2: um, I should have a little look. <laughs> Harrogate. Harrogate. Yeah, no, Harrogate's a team that,
0: yeah, they started flying, but more recently they've been stopped starty with their form. So that's a team that I feel like we could really push on against. And after that, I think we do have quite a nice run of fixture against sort of middle-of-the-table team. Salford's in there, Mansfield's in there. In and the Salford next again. Couple- of, fi- of fixtures, yeah, I believe so. Oh wow! And uh, Steve Scunthorpe as well. We've got Scunthorpe in in December, I think, off the top of my head. Um, I've got the fixture right. list in front of Is me now.
2: Little, I'm, yeah, I'm looking at the term, I think who who have we played then? Um, yeah, because we've got sixteen, so still feels like it's a bit of a way off, doesn't it? Before we start playing teams that we've already played, we exactly. yet to play Bradford.
0: Yeah, we haven't played Bradford. We uh, haven't
2: played Bradford. We haven't played Rochdale. Rochdale. Also, Uh, Yeah, we've still yet to play Mansfield. Um, we still yet to play Stevenage. And some extra Exeter, Harrogate, that mentioned the other teams coming up. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. Because um, usually, I don't know, usually I'm just like at this time of the season, I'm I'm not even thinking like... Teams that we've played already it still feels like we only played Salford yesterday. That might be because we won, and so it's still fresh in my memory. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the last win, wasn't it? So, the last <laughs> win,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, one of those. But there we go. In Exeter, I'd take a draw, mate. I really would. I'd take a draw. I'd take. I'm, a I'd draw
2: against Exeter, a draw at Exeter would be a brilliant result. Yeah, they've drawn. They've drawn a lot of games. Um, they've drawn eight. So like, it's probably possibly doable. I mean, I'm, I'm presuming that they seven wins. Uh, uh, they're, they've gotten good results, I guess, against sort of teams down the bottom end of the table, such as us, uh, be able to get the, they beat Oldham, thrashed Bristol, um, beat Salford, beat Mansfield, beat Crawley well. Uh, Stevenage 2-2 uh walsall mid-table two two um they've thrashed though i mean they they have hammered some of the teams down In the, the bottom of the yeah yeah we're just going through their fixtures so far this season um we've got uh four one bristol rovers um Four uh, 0 Scunthorpe, three one Crawley, five uh, three Bristol Rovers, two one Oldham. Yeah, it's, it's it's they're
0: not unbeatable. They're not unbeatable, but I wouldn't want to. You can't see us turning up and scoring two or three goals, unfortunately. Just no, with, no. The, with, with the way that we've been playing, unless unless there's some amazing things happening on the training ground this week. Um, which the very well could be, and in which case, I'm really looking forward to winning 4-0 next week at Exeter. That'll be a great result for the Cumbrians. And uh, on that bombshell, mate, I reckon we've probably exhausted ourselves. We've had a couple of yeah. tech issues today, um, so hopefully I'll be able but, to cover those up on the yeah. edit, and the listeners won't necessarily... That'll be it. There'll, there'll be a way around them. And well, I'm sure that it'll sound a bit weird at some points where I've sort yeah. of cut in from one conversation to slightly a different conversation, but I'm sure it'll all be fine in the end. So there's nothing else left to do this week, mate, apart from maybe thank the listeners for liking, subscribing, following, and all those are the lovely things that go with having and hosting a podcast. Wills, thank you very much for, for joining me, me on. Oh, it's always a pleasure my friend i think next week we're going to give you a bit of a break and i'm going to tease that there is a next pro an ex an barrow and carlisle pro potentially on the hook for next week's show that should be a lot of fun and he'll be giving us the old classic match crack as well as telling us more about his footballing career and as well as having One in the bag. There's another one coming up as a Christmas present for the listeners. An absolute Carlisle United cult hero. The definition of cult hero this man over 130 appearances for the Cumbrians I'll be revealing a little bit more next week because by next week I'll have the interview recorded and in the bag and I'll feel much better about teasing you all Mm. about whom it is going to be and that is enough of it for this week this has been episode 43 of the Blue Army podcast I have been your host, Skelly. Wills has joined me for a fantastic review. I know, of the company.
2: yeah.
0: See you later, Wills, mate. Ta-ra. And bye for now to all you listeners. Bye for now! Ooh. So uh, that contribution is wanker, 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 wanker at Paul Farman. (laughs) Wills doesn't like that one, unless you've gone frozen on me. Oh, I've lost Wills. Oh, I've lost Wills. Oh no, I have lost Wills. I'm still recording though, but I've lost Wills. Um.
1: If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery.